Welcome, everybody. My name is Joshua T. Berglund, and we are on the Live Mono Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, just I want to give a quick shout out uh, to everyone that's watching on the network right now and those of you who are wondering how you can find our network. All you need to do is go to uh, Roku or Amazon Fire and look for the Live Mono Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network. You'll find us there. Uh, you'll find the best and newest versions of our content. But also, if you want to see the full array of our content and all of the different shows and films that we create, you can download the E360 app on your smart TVs. And of course, everyone listening on a podcast and watching on social media, thank you so much. God bless you. We truly, truly appreciate your support. Um, but as you know, our philosophy, we are the Live Mono Worldwide Foundation. Uh, not only are we a full-service media organization and multimedia broadcast network, we also build media organizations for other people. Uh, so whether you're an individual that qualifies for our nonprofit side, or if you're in the private sector and you're looking to transform your business into a media organization, uh, we're the people to call. Uh, this is our expertise. We have an amazing team from around the world, and uh, we're very passionate and love what we do. And so without going into a full dissertation right now about why you need to turn your business into a media organization, I'll just say this. Uh, in the new world that we are rapidly approaching into, we will all be media organizations. And if we're not media organizations, AI will take your job and your career. It's not to scare you. It's just a fact. Media is going to look a lot different in the next few months, in the next few years. It's rapidly changing. So uh, my question to you is this. Why wouldn't you prepare your business now? People mocked the Internet age, which seems so crazy now. <laughs> but you're know, like, oh, the Internet, that's just a fad. Well, I'm telling you right now, with the progression of technology, uh, where we are going with AI, where we're going with the metaverse and things like that, uh, the only way to really stay ahead of AI is to turn your business into a media organization. So that said, I am blessed to have you here. Um, today is going to be very, very interesting. And what I love about all of the guests that come on this program is that they come from all walks of life, all walks of belief systems, and even the people that love Jesus and love the Lord. Well, when you hear from their heart what Jesus is for them, what God for them is different. And then you get people that from all walks of life that are Bible-believing Christians. And you know what? When you hear what their interpretations are, they're all different. And then I have some people that just question the Bible altogether, question God's existence, and so on. Well, what I'm excited about today, other than the fact that this Donna, our guest, is just awesome. Uh, we, I, we spoke yesterday for the first time and just super easy to talk to, just cool. Um, but what I'm excited about with this conversation is that she can mathematically uh, prove that God, that God, the Bible is truly the word of God. She can mathematically prove it. And, uh, and it goes much, much deeper than that. I will butcher it trying to explain it. But I remember when I first saw what she did and what she does, I was just intrigued. Because, look, I've said this over and over again, over again and I'm not going to be a hypocrite here. I've said that man has got his grubby little hands on the Bible. He's changed some text around. He's removed some books of the Bible and so on. That said, I believe without a shadow of a doubt 
that if you want to get closer to the Lord, if you want to learn about Jesus, the Bible is the place to go, regardless of what man's done. And I've also said that the Holy Spirit is extremely important in this process. And I've also said that the Holy Spirit is in everything. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit can speak to you through anything. So just like God can use evil for good, uh, the Holy Spirit can speak through anything. But there is no better book in the world, in my opinion, than the Bible to hear God's voice, to get to know God, to feel God's presence. So our guest is going to prove that. And I'm I'm excited about it, and I think you will be too. We'll be right back after this. shout out to our sponsors, uh, which, by the way, when you see the media kit that's published after this, you'll be able to find all the links. So I'm not going to go into all that. But thank you so much, State and Liberty, for the suit. Thank you for your support of the Live Model Worldwide Foundation. Thank you to Pathwater. Drink pathwater.com. I actually just gave a website and said it wasn't going to. Oops. Uh, thank you so much. Also, thank you, Mitra9. We appreciate your support. You can go to our website and see a list of all of our sponsors or our partners. Uh, with our foundation at livemonoworldwide.org. Thank you for being here. And like that said, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be awesome. I've always, I've always been curious about the subject that we're going to go into. And frankly, every time I think I know it all, I meet somebody that shows me what I don't know. And here lately, there's been a whole lot of that. And today is one of those days. I think your mind is about to be blown. So if you're watching on social media, hit that share button, tag somebody. In fact, I want you to tag all of your atheist friends, all of your Bible-believing friends, and all of your friends of different religions and different faiths. Because I think that this is going to be an eye and maybe even heart-opening experience. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my new friend, Donna Caster. Hello, Donna. How are you? Hey, it's good to be here. Thank you so much. I'm glad that you're here. Thank you. I'm, I'm really glad to be here, too. It's just a wonderful blessing. I'm looking forward to sharing. 
with you well, and first the audience. First, before we get into everything, what are you grateful for today and why? Okay, well, I am grateful for the fellowship I attended this morning, Morning Star Fellowship in Conroe. <laughs> it was just amazing. And uh, I love, uh, I just love the, the body of Christ. I am thankful for the body of Christ, how encouraging. We're living in really difficult times, and yet it is so encouraging to be around other believers. And so I'm thankful for that. I, that's the nicest thing I've heard about church in about six months. So <laughs> I, it sounds like you go to, you're a part of a really great ministry. Do you want to give a shout out to them? Okay. Well, the Morning Star Fellowship is just a once a month thing. But yeah, I'll shout out to my church, Freedom House, that never shut down. We never shut down. We met every single Sunday and every single Thursday. We have prayer meetings on Thursday nights and we meet on Sundays. They have last week, we met every single night of the week in, in a dedicated time of prayer. Uh, so shout out to Freedom House. You know what? Shout out to Freedom House. It sounds like my kind of ministry. We, uh, we're pretty big here. And what we do is we're all about redefining church for people, the misfits and the outcast and the people that haven't felt welcome. But it sounds like um, and not to discount the work that God has us doing. That said, it sounds like your ministry uh, that you're a part of sounds like a very welcoming place. And um, the fact that it's called Freedom House to me says everything I need to know because <laughs> the, there's nothing restrictive. I know this sounds crazy to you non-religious folks, but <laughs> or you're not you non-believing folks, but Jesus is freedom. It's it's religion is prison, but Jesus is freedom. And there is a massive difference. And I hope through watching any of our broadcasts or anything that we do, or even today's broadcast, I hope that you see that. So anyway, Donna, I don't even really know where to start. Okay. Uh, except that now that I now that I said I don't know where to start, I'm gonna start here. What in the world? Like when someone says they can prove the existence of God or they can prove that God wrote the Bible or any of that stuff, people are going to be like, yeah, but man, yeah, but man. So can you tell the audience what led you down this path to make this discovery into now teaching what you're teaching? Okay. Okay. Well, first of all, I want to say that um, I worked in the oil industry for um, a good 30 years. And um, I retired out of Schlumberger. Um, it'll be six years ago this coming March. Did and you say so, Schlumberger? Schlumberger. Mm -hmm. Is that is, is that a real thing? Or did, yes, is that Schlumberger is a worldwide oil field services company. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yep. I'm sorry. Yep. I was like, is this slang for something? Nope. I, mean, I know you live in Texas. I'm an Okie originally, so I've got my fix and twos and stuff like that. So anyone in the oil industry, anyone in the oil oil industry knows about Schlumberger. Okay. So it is a multi-billion-dollar <laughs> worldwide company. Okay. So um, anyway, um, but uh, when I I was I retired early, and uh, I was I want to say now about four years ago, I stumbled onto an article in the internet that stated that there was some mathematical design to Genesis 1-1. One, one. 
And so, and it was actually discovered by a man named Ivan Panin back in the 1800s. He was from Russia and he had come and he had studied um, actually at um, Harvard University. And, but he discovered that there was mathematical design in uh, Genesis 1-1. And so uh, he uh, discovered that there was a pattern of sevens and, and different things. And so when I was reading this article, I just felt like it was much more probably than just Genesis 1-1. And also, if this were true, this could absolutely be um, a revolution. Because if it's possible to prove that the Bible has mathematical design to it, then it could help so many people throughout the world to recognize that um, the Bible actually is from God. And so I started digging, digging, digging. I first did research to see what was already known. And I found so much stuff on the internet. Then um, I, I, then I started doing more of just my own research. And, um, and so I ended up writing a book of which about a third of it is just compiling everything that's already known on the internet. And then uh, things that the Lord just led me to discover on my own and ended up writing this book that I called irrefutable evidence. And the subtitle is mathematical and scientific proof. The Bible is from God. And I try to decide, do I say mathematical and scientific evidence? The Bible is from God. And I decided, no, the correct word is proof. And I really believe that any person, whether they be Hindu, Muslim, atheist, um, someone who is a leader in a country that they highly, um, the Bible is illegal, any person, no matter how anti-Bible they are, if they will read this book, I believe that they would have to say, uh, I just didn't realize <laughs> all of this because it's not an interpretation it's actual fact because the letters of the old testament that were written in hebrew correspond to numbers and the letters of the new testament written in greek also correspond to numbers so all you're doing is taking the original text showing the numbers and then showing the mathematical design so it's not an interpretation it's fact okay but what about man's interpretation of the Bible that was put into new translations? Well, what we're about not, how does that factor into this? It doesn't because we go to the original Hebrew and ah. the original Greek. So it's not anything to do with English translations or any other language. It's going to the original. And, and with the Hebrew, um, I, I went to... Um, I went to a source that was straight really from Israel. And with the Greek, I went to the Center for New Testament Research, CNTR, which their goal is to get the earliest Greek manuscripts because there, there are some differences in the Greek with different manuscripts. And I just was getting to the earliest known ones from the CNTR research. Wow. So how different is the original Hebrew and Greek version of the Bible than King James? 
So it's not really that different. It's not really that different. I can show you, for example, in Genesis 1-1, that's a, you know, it's a, the, the verse is in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay. So there, if you look in Hebrew, it's very interesting that the very middle word, there's seven words in Hebrew, and the very middle word is actually not translated because the very middle word is a two-letter word, which is the Aleph and the Tav, the first and last letters of the Hebrew alphabet. So if you were to really give the exact translation from the Hebrew, it's Bereshit in the beginning. Bereshit means in the beginning. Um, bara, created, in the beginning, created, Elohim, God. And then this two-letter word, Aleph Tav, which is the first and last letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And then the next three words is the heavens and the earth. So it doesn't translate the Aleph and Tav, but we know that Jesus says in Revelation, I am the Aleph and the Tav. I am the Alpha and the Omega. He is. And in John 1, 1, he's described as the word. And so in the beginning, God created the word, Aleph Tav, Jesus, the heavens and the earth. And so there's so, an example where the Hebrew is more deep than you can possibly get in the English translation. Right. And, but that's that's a significant thing because the, the, the Jews who read the, the Old Testament, that's like, that's Jesus right there. Right. Absolutely. What? Yeah, absolutely. If um, any Jewish scholar who reads this book will see the absolute mathematical link, for instance, between Genesis 1-1 and John 1-1, there mm -hmm. is complete linkage between those two verses. Even what though is the, what is the actual names. proper name for Jesus, though? Because the letter J wasn't even invented until the 1600s. Jesus is the um, English translation uh -huh. for Yeshua. Yeshua. Yeshua, not Yeshua, Yeshua. Well, I, okay, so let me tell you this. I am not a Hebrew <laughs> scholar, even though all I know is the letters and the numbers. Okay. So I am not, I may mispronounce words. I am not a, I am self-taught Hebrew. <laughs> I used a book that it was like a kindergarten book. It had the letters and I wrote the letters over and over and over. So I would really know them. And I knew the numerical connection between each letter. And so then I just go back um, and, uh, and put all the numbers in and so forth um, to see the mathematical design. But in terms of speaking it and speaking it correctly, I don't know what the correct pronunciation is. Oh, that's fair. I'm I'm a self-taught nuclear engineer, so it's totally fine. I I get it. I um. So let me ask you: What was the most in this journey? What was the most shocking thing that you experienced? Oh my goodness! Uh, the Lord is bringing about increasingly number of shocking things. <laughs> <laughs> fair, and that's increasingly true. Increasingly number, but I think. Probably it's just the interaction. So I would, um, 
I had, I was finding so many different things and I would just be so wowed. And I had a particular friend that I would call every time I made a new discovery and I would just call her and say, Connie, you're not going to believe what I just found out. And I would share with her and it'd be so exciting. And I, and so it was just, it was like that on a, if not daily, at least weekly basis. And so, so many things. And then I guess I could share a dream because this dream is what got me into the connection with our DNA. So um, it was, I, I'm not one to dream a lot, but I, it was a definite ooh, dream from the Lord because what happened, it was so clear. And what happened was, is that I was at a, a previous church that I went to and they were having an Easter egg hunt, but it was for adults, not for children. And so I was like, well, okay, I'll participate. And so I went on this Easter egg hunt, but instead of candies, it was 50 cent pieces. And so I was going around and there would be on the ground, this little 50 cent piece. So I pick up the coin and put it in my pocket. And then I would go another place and there'd be another 50 cent piece. And then a little bit further, there'd be a couple, maybe two 50 cent pieces. And I was just filling my pockets and I was looking around going, why isn't anyone else doing this? And so I just kept finding these, putting them in my pocket, my pockets were getting full. And then I turned the corner and there's this big pile of coins. And I was like, well, what good is it going to do? I don't even have a bag or anything. And then I turn around and there's this bag. And so I have this bag and I'm putting all this stuff in the bag. Anyway, when I woke up, the very first thing that was, it was as if God was speaking to me through my mind is there's much more. So all the little 50 cent pieces I've been picking had been all the various things that I have been discovering. But I was, I was on the verge of thinking that there might be a connection with our DNA. And I, after this dream, that's what gave me the courage to go really deep and check to see if there's a correlation with our DNA, which I did find. And Okay, I want you to talk about that because I already have a question for you, but I'm afraid my question will ruin where you want to go. So go there and then I'm going to ask my question. Okay, well, I think it's best to talk about the mathematical design first. Okay. Before getting into the DNA correlation. Okay. And so um, I, I can show, if you think, I can show the, the mathematics behind Genesis 1-1 and John 1-1. Yeah, actually, I'm going to take a seat because I so I can not only see this screen with everybody else. Um, well, let's start with Genesis 1-1. And I'm going to first show just a, an example to show the Hebrew alphabet numeric equivalent. Let me, uh, is it page six? Is that where we want to be? Um, yeah, so this is slide six. That's correct. Yes. And so this is just to show people that the, these are the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. You know, Hebrew, when you first look at it, you think, oh, my, how could you even understand it? It's just letters, just like the English alphabet. Um, the first letter is Aleph. You know, our first letter is A, and it and it corresponds to the number one. The second letter is the bait, which would be like our B, and it corresponds to the number two. And then you just go on through, and after you get to um, the Yud in the second column, top of the second column, which corresponds to the number 10, then after that, the next letter corresponds to the letter tw to the number 20, 
because you can make 11 by 10 plus one. And so then after you get to 100, then the next letter is worth is equivalent to 200, 300. And then finally, the last letter, Tav, is equal to 400. In Hebrew, there are four letters that take a different look if it's the last letter of the word. So it's called the final form. Anyway, so based on this table, then um, I'm just, if it's okay, I'm going to um, advance to the next slide. Yeah, I'm going to show this. This is this one will be fine to show numerical patterns in Genesis 1 1. Um, well, hold on. Hold on. Let me let me do something different. Let me go to this one. OK, I'm ready to show this one now. Um, so this is the what's called gematria of Genesis 1 1. So if you'll notice, um, if you go from right to left, this is what Genesis 1 1 looks like in Hebrew. And then above each letter, I have the number associated with it. So at the far right, the bait is equal to two. The resh is equal to 200. All of is one, etc. So you put each number above each letter. Then if you add all the numbers together, you get a number for the word. So on I see. So the, the, the first word bear sheet on the far right is worth um, 913. Um, Bara is 203, Elohim is 86, and then so forth. The Aleph and Tav is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, the Aleph, which is equivalent to 1, and the Tav, which is equivalent to 400. So then if you add up all of the words, you get the gematria for the verse. And so the gematria of Genesis 1-1 is 2,701. Now, 2,701 may not seem very spectacular, but it turns out there are only two numbers that multiply together to, to make 2,701 besides 2,701 times 1. And that is 37 times 73. It's not showing up very good right here with the 73 coming on the second line. I don't know why it's doing that. Mm -hmm. But anyway, 2,701 equals 37 times 73. So what I would like to do, this is so messy. It doesn't look good. I don't know. Is this live right now, this next slide? Or... It's fully recorded, but. Uh, yeah, okay. Well. Um... Live. Sorry, audience. Uh, tricked you. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, just a few things about 37 times 73. This slide does not look good here. But, um, and this is all just stuff that's on the internet. You can find it at theLivingWord.org.au. Oh, I thought I was dyslexic before, but this is giving me fun. Yeah, this is bad. But yeah, <laughs> 37 times 73. First of all, you'll notice 37 and 73 are kind of reflective. Okay, we're going to see that's going to fit in with John 1-1 one, one as well. And 37 and 73, it's just that 7 is a, a number of spiritual completion, um, the, uh, you know, the, in the Bible, it talks about how the earth was created in six days and on the seventh day he rested. And throughout the Bible, there's seven is an important number for God. And then three also represents the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So just the 37 and the 73, the individual digit, digits are, are significant as well. But it's interesting, 37 is the 12th prime number and 73 is the 21st prime number. So again, you have that 12 and 21 kind of a reflective. If you were to put 12 and 21 together, that actually equals um, seven times seven times 77. So there's a bunch of sevens there. 
So um, actually, I'm not going to go over everything in this, but I will say that, um, yeah, I don't even want to go through this. There's a bunch of stuff here, but here's something that's interesting. Triangular numbers. So um, triangular number is like the first triangular number is one. Whoops. The second triangular number is three because it's a base of two and then one that makes the triangle. The third triangle triangular number is six where you have a base of three, then two, then one, and you add all up to six. The fourth triangular number is 10 with four, three, two, one. Well, it turns out the 73rd triangular number is 2,701. So you can see some ge um, geometrical unity um, in this verse. Well, same with hexagonal numbers. It turns out the 37th hexagonal number is 2,701. Um, with star numbers, the third star number is 37 and the fourth star number is 73. A hexagon star pair here. You can see where in the hexagon with the side of a, a length of four, that you have 37 filling up the hexagon. And then if you add all the triangles to make the star, then that comes out to 73. So you can see that there's this geometrical structure with the numbers 37, 73, and 2,701. Um, but it turns out, and I am so sad that these um, slides are, are, are not doing the way I have written them, but there are 49 words in the Bible that have a gematria of 37. That means you add up all the letters and it comes to 37. 49 words, that's seven times seven words in the Bible. And those 49 words are in 21 different books. What's also very interesting is that there are 37 occurrences of the Hebrew word for I am in the Old Testament, okay? When, um, uh, Moses asked God, who should I say sent me? And then God said in Exodus, I am. Tell them I am sent you. Well, that I am is in the Old Testament 37 times. Sometimes it's translated, I will be, um, uh, like I will be with you. But those four letters in Hebrew that mean the I am are occur in the Old Testament 37 times. And then in the New Testament, when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the bread of life. I am um, so many different things that he said that he was, I am the light of the world. That is in the New Testament 37 times. Let me ask you something really quick, because, you know, in the Bible, it says, you know, do not take the Lord's name in vain. And if when Moses asked God and he said, I am. So when we say I am, it sounds like that is a very powerful word for us to use. And since we share the DNA of God, which you're going to get into, we should be very, very careful what we say after I am, correct? Well, there's actually another name that's listed that in your Bible, it's usually translated Lord, L-O-R-D in all caps. And um, that is in Hebrew, um, the Yud, the He, the Vav, and the He, those letters. And those letters are the ones that the Jewish people will not speak. So 
Um, it could be, in fact, they don't even know 100% how to, to pronounce those letters. So sometimes it gets pronounced Jehovah. Sometimes it gets pronounced Yahweh. Um, there's different ones, but the Jewish people will pronounce it Adonai, which is nothing like what those letters say, but they say Adonai because that is um, not using the Lord's name at all. <laughs> and they just use Adonai instead. So, but when it comes to I am, I, I, that is not the name that they normally don't say. Huh. It's usually the, the, where it's pronounced Yahweh or Jehovah, or in English, we pronounce it Lord. So I, go ahead. I was thinking of something that I could add to that, but maybe it's, it's just a detail that's not necessary. Other than the fact that this proves God and, and the Bible is his word, that at least we can say we can go to the Hebrew and the Greek as that's God's word. What other significance of this discovery is there or that should people like why should people care? Is this in other words, is this something that believers should go go down this not even a rabbit hole, it's not a rabbit hole, but go go down this path to educate themselves on? Or is this one of those cool hidden mysteries of the Bible that's kind of fun? And like, why okay, should people so, care? Okay, so this is why I think people should care. Okay, first of all, what I've shown you so far is nothing compared to everything that's here. Okay, Ooh. so we've just gotten a little tiny bit of it. And I can show you some more things, um, you know, pretty quickly that just will solidify in anyone's mind. Okay. So there's some things that absolutely could not have come from Moses, who, you know, was the human one who wrote Genesis 1-1 or John who wrote John 1-1. It's not possible. But in terms of why this makes a difference, um, well, one thing is that it will help believers to recognize this is absolutely the word of God. Most believers don't have a problem with it because what happens is, is that when you do receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, um, you are born again spiritually. And once you are born again spiritually, you resonate when you read certain things out of the scripture because the Holy Spirit is revealing things to you. Right. So you know it's truth if you have spent any time in God's word. You know it. But there are um, people that that maybe struggle with, um, you know, is this really from God or is it from man? And mm -hmm. so they may decide, well, maybe the part about, you know, homosexuality being a sin, maybe maybe it's right. Maybe that's maybe that's not really from God. OK, maybe there are certain portions that aren't really from God. Maybe just some of it is is kind of but there's been a lot of corruption and it's not all really from God. Yeah, but this is going to show um, because I, I can even show you where in John 1, 1, the earliest transcripts, the second word in John 1, 1, the last letter was an iota. But in subsequent transcripts they dropped that iota because it was an iota subscript. 
and uh, it didn't change the meaning of the word and it just got dropped. If you drop the iota subscript, the math falls apart. So just like Jesus said in Matthew chapter five, he said, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. And so it is not only every word is from God, every letter is from God <laughs> because it, in the mathematical design, every letter makes a difference. Okay. Now I got to, but so I want you to show the original Hebrew where it talks about homosexuality because this is, I, everybody on this program knows that, you know, this is something that I lived a pretty devilish life. Um, I mean, my our book is the devil inside me because I was possessed and had multiple personalities and the Lord has been healing each of my altars that came from the different personalities had different sexualities. So this has been something that, you know, has been like, I, I don't act on those things anymore that I used to. Um, and I, I'm just a much different man, but it doesn't mean that the desires don't pop up for me as with any person that's ever struggled with addiction or anything else. But that said, you know, I've always thought, well, okay, well, aren't we spirits? And spirit, what, what is spirits? If their body is just dirt, then I don't, that connection doesn't make sense to me. And the other thing that I want to bring up is where Paul speaks and talks about how women shouldn't talk in church and they have no place being pastors. I disagree with that boldly because I don't believe for a second that our God would say that. I don't believe that. And so now with, with this process, if you can speak to that, because I know man corrupted the Bible. The Catholic Church corrupted the Bible. I know that for a fact. Well, okay. yes, the English, the, the various translations, um, it, it is important that you can get back to the original translation for right. sure. For sure. So, so um, I want you to address those things if you don't mind. Okay, yes, I can what I'd like to do is show just really quickly um, I want to show okay let me show you this let me show you this I want to show you this because this is really amazing if you take Genesis 1 1 and put it in this formula the number of letters times the product of the letters divided by the number of words times the product of the words. So there's 28 letters in Genesis 1, 1, 7 times 4, and there's seven words. And so if you um, add, multiply all the letters, that would be 2 times 200 times 300 times 10 times 400, etc. And then you divide all that by the number of words times the product of the words, 913 times 203 times 86 times 401, et cetera. That comes out to 3.141 times 10 to the 17th. And it comes out to pi. Pi is 3.141 and it goes on for infinity. So that is interesting about um, Genesis 1.1. Now, John 1.1, you put this same formula into John 1 1, which the gematria for John 1 1 comes out to 39 times 93. 
Okay, so Genesis 1-1 is 37 times 73, but John 1-1, different language, but it's the two verses that are in the beginning. And in John 1-1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. You put John 1-1 into this same formula and it gives the constant E. E is Euler's number and it is... Um, to do with uh, like the log base E, the natural logarithm. Okay, so that that both pi and E, actually numbers as we use them didn't even come into existence until like 700 AD. And it was introduced to us um, from India. Okay, prior to that, they just used the alphabet for the numbers. So it's not possible what are what are the chances that the two verses in the Bible that start with in the beginning have this gematria of of the the verse equaling thirty seven times seventy three for Genesis one one? You put it through this formula, you get pi, and then for John one one, the gematria is thirty nine times ninety three, and you put it through this formula, and you get e. That is not from a Moses or from uh, John. And it is not just a circumstantial. It's designed. Hmm. And then when you look at the other things, like for instance, if you take all the number of words in Genesis chapter 1 and all the number of words in Revelation um, the last book of Revel the last chapter of Revelation, it comes out to 888 words. And 888 is the gematria for Jesus. So, I mean, there's all kinds of things like this that just show that there is mathematical design from God in these scriptures. So is numerology from God? Okay, so I don't know what you mean by numerology. I have heard people say numerology is not good. I don't even know what all that is. All I know is, is that the Greek letters that correspond to numbers and the Hebrew letters that correspond to numbers show mathematical design in the both the Old Testament and the New Testament. Hmm. Okay, that's what I know. I don't know what you're talking about with numerology. Now, I do have a chapter in my, um, and I don't have slides set up for this, but I have a chapter in my book that is um, chapter six, created in the image of God. And I look at a couple of verses. One is Genesis 1, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Okay, so this is a very um, relevant for our day and age right now where we are. 95 genders. We're just getting all mixed up, <laughs> you know, between male and female. Anyway, and so I go through and show, and at this point I get into the, the DNA connections as well. But, um, but there is just so much evidence of um of twos you will see the male and the female in these in in and how it all works out um 
But then I also, it also shows how it connects to the number of chromosomes. Anyway, there's a bunch of stuff. And then also Genesis 2.23. This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman for she was taken out of man. And all of the, the miracle design in that verse as well. And, and then um, there's other ones. Uh, Genesis 1.14 that talks about um, how God created the uh, sun, moon, and stars. And, um, and, and he says, there'll be as signs to mark seasons and days and years. I just love that signs. I thought, I bet you there's mathematical design in there. And so as I pulled out the gematria of that one, so many things that I found that connect in with Genesis one, one, um, it's just amazing. It sounds like astrology. No, that's not astrology. It's again, it's just the numbers of the verse when you look at the in Hebrew and then look at it and then just see what the mathematical design is. No, I'm talking about what you're saying that God said. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, 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 the, the verse Genesis 1 14. Yeah, let me let me turn to it and I'll read it exactly so I don't misquote anything. Genesis 1 14 is the one that said. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs to mark seasons and days and years. Sounds like astrology to me. I'm not an astrology expert. I've never paid attention to it. Yeah. Well, certainly astronomy. Certainly astronomy. Yeah. Well, that's true. Which some of this stuff, the lines blur. Like if you talk about psychic ability mm-hmm. in prophecy i mean I, I, they, they are virtually the same thing you know it's just that i know the difference of the the like for instance i we're all born with gifts hitler hitler was gifted but his gifts were obviously he focused on the evil selfish side he, he made it about himself and that breeded what Hitler became, right? And then, but yet, if say that Hitler was full of the Holy Spirit, imagine that. Uh, his same gifting would have worked, but different. we would have had a different result. The gifts are the same. Like just, it's like the you have two dogs. What's the expression about the, the bad wolf and the good wolf? You know, I mean, it, it, so, some of these things, these lines are just so, God, they seem awfully the same. But then in the Bible, it's saying, well, say no, say, you know, stay away from sorcery, stay away from psychics and fortune tellers. But from my experience, how how is prophecy any different than what a psychic does? Yeah. Well, I think that that um, first of all, every single person, God has a amazing plan. Amen to that. Every single person's life. Every single person. Psalm 139.16 says, All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God has an amazing plan and we're each unique. Gifted with very unique things that make us, even though there's billions of people on earth, we're Mm -hmm. unique. We are created in the image of God. We are loved. We are valued. And um, we have a wonderful plan and destiny that God has created for each of us. What happens is we can believe lies. Mm. 
We can believe lies from um, our enemy. Our enemy is the devil. And the Bible makes it very clear that there is, you know, um, angelic world and the there's demons and there are good angels. And um, we and from the very beginning, if we listen to lies, we end up going away and away and away from what God's plan is. And the and the and the earth gets so corrupted and evil and wicked. And so um, and so this is where why it's important for people to understand the Bible is from God, because there's a bunch of terrible things really in the Bible, but it's just an explanation of the history of the world. Mm. So when you see some of the things when people go, oh, this is in the Bible, this is terrible, you know, about people killing people or different things. Yeah, that's incest and yeah, yeah, I mean there's all kinds of stuff. That is showing the sinfulness of mankind. Mm -hmm. But when you look at what God is saying, it is, it's just it's so much important that we understand God's way is best. He's our He's our creator. And the Bible is our main connection with him. Yeah, and I and, and to support what you're saying, I actually learned it from obedience. And I know it talks about obedience in the Bible, but learning to be obedient to the spirit is what showed me that God's way was better, that it convinced me of that. The Bible didn't so much convince me of that. The Holy Spirit did. Um, and I'm not, again, I'm not knocking the Bible at all. I'm just saying that for me, it truly was paying attention when I felt that groan in my stomach of like, yeah, you really want to go down that path again? Or now nah, you need to stay away from them. This is going to lead. I know this looks good, Joshua, but I got something better for you. Let it go. You know I mean? Like those things in like, okay, trusting that is what helped me go, help me understand and realize and know in my heart and soul that God's way, God's plan was better. That's why surrender is such a natural thing for me now because I know I am more powerful in surrender than I am me trying to control everything. I want to ask you something else. Have you gotten into in 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 your work with the numbers and it only briefly talks about Lilith. Uh I forgot where it's at in the Bible. I think Genesis maybe. There's a brief mention of Lilith which is some people believe the first woman because there's two creation stories from my understanding in Genesis. And I got to be honest with you, Genesis is the one book that I've spent very little time in. And here's why, because when I gave my life to the Lord and the only thing that they would give me to read when I was in isolation in the psych ward was a Bible because they wouldn't give me anything else. I tried to read Genesis and I just started laughing hysterically because I didn't believe any of it. I mean, I, the way it was written, I was like, what? And I wasn't a Christian. I mean, also, I was still high on cocaine and alcohol, too. But, I, I mean, I'm reading it going, come on. Like, come on. Really? Adam and Eve, the first people? Really? Yeah, okay. Um, that's what I'm saying to myself. It was Proverbs that softened me up. Revelations was giving me more nightmares, um, even though I love Revelation now. But it was the book of John that really was like, you mean Jesus did that for me? Like, really? Yeah. Why? I mean, that is what broke everything loose for me. That said, 
Genesis, I don't spend a lot of time in. And I think the reason why is because I really don't believe that Adam and Eve were the first people. Because when I, the more I learn about the book of Lilith and some of the other books that were taken out of the Bible that belong there, in my opinion, um, like the world makes a lot more sense if Lilith was the first woman. So, and I, it does reference her in the Bible. Okay. Well, I will say that, um, that in my testimony, I have a similar, similar testimony that when I was growing up, I did not, I was not, um, you know, brought to church or anything by my parents. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I, (laughs) (laughs) I knew, um, the story of Adam and Eve, and I thought of it at the same level as the story of Santa Claus. Um, so I did not think that, um, you know, that, 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 that I didn't believe that I didn't believe that. And so, um, but it was when I was in ninth grade that I recognized that what I called an educated person, it was an English teacher and she made reference to the Bible in class and it was in in terms of literature, but the way she made reference to it, I knew she believed the Bible was from God. And, um, and so I took note of that and I thought, uh aha, an educated person. I just figured uneducated people believed in the Bible. Yeah, it was sure. my first time to realize, okay, here's an educated person who believes in the Bible. I didn't even own a Bible. And I remember thinking, I wish I had a Bible. Hmm. And <laughs> it was about, I think it was about three days after I had that thought. I never said anything. I didn't pray. I didn't even believe in God, but I had that thought. I wish I had a Bible. And my dad came home from work one day and he said, do you want this Bible? And I was like, he said, someone gave it to me at work. I'm not the reader. You're the reader in the family. Do you want it? <laughs> I said, yes, yes, I'll take it. I'll take it. Probably God does that. Anyway, so that got my attention to begin with. But I, um, I won't go into more of the testimony, but I came to a point where I just, I just set out to the air. Okay, God, if you exist, then I, you have to let me, you have to, you have to reveal yourself to me. And what in the world difference does it make if God doesn't exist for you to say that? But if he does exist and you say that, I'm willing to know. But for me, it was, but I want to know the truth. I don't want to spend my life believing something that's not true. Yeah. I want the truth. I want the truth. And so what happened to me is that I came to the understanding that we are all of us, all the wage, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every single person on the face of the whole earth has sinned. Some have sinned to greater degrees than others, but all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And Jesus um, was God in the flesh. And he came to pay the penalty for our sin. And so I came to understand that gospel message and and understand that it is the truth. And so then after that, I became more a believer of the Bible and everything that is written there in the Bible. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I have not studied the um, Apocrypha or some of these other books that you are talking about. But um, I do believe from the things that I have seen that the Bible itself is from God and that um, the parts of it that we want to cringe at, it's because it's 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 telling it as it is. Human human history is sinful. <laughs> yeah, I, I can listen. I can appreciate that. I, well, here, here's the thing. I mean, I believe the spiritual world is way more real than what we, we are in right now. Um, and, and you're, you know, you're right. I do cringe. I cringe when the Bible talks about being obedient to your government, when they're basically our United States government's nothing but a bunch of Nazis, as far as I'm concerned. And, and I, and I can lump them all in. And it's also ironic if you want to get really interest, get really, uh, deep with this, like go trace back the bloodlines of each president. Very, very interesting. You'll have some fun with that one since you love to research and you're starting to go, wait a second, there's something else going on here. Um, and there is. Um, I don't believe, I, I disagree with what is in the Bible about being obedient to a government because this obedi- this government broke their covenant with us. Yes. So well, I, I, would, I don't honor that. And I also yeah. will not honor the fact that women can't preach I, I, yeah. I, or women need to be quiet in church because to be honest with you, I think women are far more powerful than men. Um, yeah, we have had the brute strength, but I mean, I'm around my wife. I get to see it in the, her relationship and the way like God interacts and works through her. I'm a powerful guy. I'm 500,000 times more powerful when the Holy spirit is working through me. I can't hold a candle to my wife and she's a new believer. So <laughs> I, let me, I just, let me say, some things I disagree with, you know, yeah, let me just say real quickly in terms of uh, civil obedience that I like Daniel, you know, his example is, you know, the law came that you may not pray. Okay. You cannot pray. And he was like, he just absolutely did not obey that law. Yeah. Okay? But you know what he did? He submitted to the consequences and um, God protected him. Oh, I'm okay with, co- listen, yeah, okay. And I so I would that. say, I would say that, no, we do not, we do not um, obey laws that are not um, of God, okay? The laws that are not of God, we do not have to obey those laws. That's not what that's all talking about. What that's talking about is order to keep order in society, Okay. Mm-hmm. But and then and now we're almost out of time, but I could go into some of the other things that you mentioned as well. So anyway, that's where you get into. into You're going to have to come back. (laughs) I've I've been so blessed recently. I mean, I've look, I've for the last few years been able to interview some really awesome people. But it's been the last, I think, six months or so where I've been getting to meet people like yourself, like I have been truly blessed because, you know, I'm not the smartest person that's in the, in the room, so to speak anymore. And that's, and that's awesome because, you know, learning from you, I didn't understand 90% of what you were talking about, like trying to follow the muzzle, the math. And I'm like, my brain is just in dyslexic mania right now. But that said, like, I'm curious and and I'm somebody that wants the answers. Like I'm willing to search and I'm willing to 
to seek God for him to show me. And the things that I've learned is, I mean, I, the Holy Spirit will show up in anything, but he really shows up in the Bible. So my questions, even though I challenge certain things about the Bible, I know without a shadow of a doubt, if I want to hear God, the, the easiest, easiest way for me to hear God is either in his Bible or me shutting my mouth, sitting there and being in his presence. Those are the only two know the two ways that I know confidently that I can hear from God. And that's what my faith lives on. And, and even if, and I, and for the, the believers out there that believe every single word that's in the Bible and every uh, translation and everything else, you know what, God bless you. Um, and for the people that ch are challenged by the Bible and question things, God bless you too. And here's what I will tell you. My opinion doesn't mean a thing. Donna's opinion, although I respect it, for your life doesn't mean a thing either. Like it's no authority in your life. So anything that is ever said on these broadcasts from a guest or myself and you question it or you fully agree, the truth is, in my opinion, that the only truth is God. And God will reveal, the Holy Spirit will reveal the truth to you. So anything that makes you uncomfortable or whatever, it's always good to check in with God because he will confirm and reveal the truth to you. It may not happen in, within seconds, but he will do it. He will re If you ask him to confirm, con confirm the truth, he will confirm the truth. I got a question on a side note before we okay. end. If God's a spirit, why do we call him he? Okay, so... I think that there's an interesting verse I want to bring up. Cool. I was hoping you would have this. Um, okay. It's it's Genesis chapter 5, and um, it's verse 2. Let's see. Genesis. But I'm going to start with uh, just a little bit up in, in 1. When God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them. And when they were created, he called them man. Okay, so the reason why I like this verse huh. is that God, man, he created in the image of God. God is male and female. He originally created Adam, and that was male, but then he pulled from Adam the part that then was the female. And um, and so, but he called them all together man. So when you go throughout the, the Bible, and it always refers to, you know, he as humankind, yeah. but it's the masculine, I think that this verse here is what, helps me understand. Now he does talk about sons and daughters because there is the male and the female. Yeah. But all together we are created in the image of God. Females are created in the image of God. Males are created in the image of God. Um, but it started out and all together it's man. Okay, that's what that's what it's called here. And if you go back into the Hebrew, it's Adam, Adam. Adam is that word. Hmm. You are uh, 
this has been fascinating. My head hurts. It's so fascinating. And, um, but I'm, what I love though, is I'm intrigued and I want to know more. I see people use gematria. Is that how you say it? I call it gematria. Okay. What she said. Um, I, <laughs> I see people using it a lot for trying to predict what's going to happen and in prophecy and uh, politics and so on. And so I've seen so much of it, but here's the thing. Everything that they've shown has never come to surface with these numbers. But I've often heard that the Bible is truly a book of numbers. And, and, and so what you've explained is really helping paint that picture a little bit better and showing just how mathematically perfect the Bible, the original Bible is. And so I want to know, know more. Um, I was challenged this morning on one of our other broadcasts, Grace Unfiltered. Our speaker was talking about how she started, really when she started with the Bible, it started with the Message Bible, then went to NLT, then went to King James, and now she's doing the deep studies. And I'm at that phase in my life now where I want to know all, the, I want all the meat I can get. I want to be hit in the face with the word. I don't need any fluff from Osteen or any of the other, you know, happy preachers. Like I want to be kicked in the teeth with the word because I'm like a wild donkey, basically, or a wild horse. Like I need to be broken sometimes. And the God's word breaks me, unlike anything else will. And that's, but I also believe that that's where the blessing comes. So you've intrigued me. You've inspired me in a way that I never have really been inspired before. So I appreciate you. Thank you. Well, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. And I'd, I'd love to come back another time too. And, and we didn't even get into the DNA. Oh, so. I know. I, this is like a four <laughs> hour conversation at least. Um, Donna, let everyone know where they can find you, how they can buy your book. And of course, everybody, you can go to livemonaworldwide.org and you'll see the media kit. You'll find all of her links and everything there. But why don't you tell people where they can find you? Okay. Well, um, my book is available in paperback and e-format on um, Amazon and that's worldwide. Okay. Um, cool. And, um, but it, if you live in the United States, you can also go to Donna'sbooks.com and get it directly from the worldwide publishing um, is the cool. publisher. And um, the other thing is if you want a signed copy, you can just email me at Donna Castor, D-O-N-N-A-C-A-S-T-E-R at me, M-E dot com. Just send me an email. And if you're in the United States or Canada, I can mail you a signed copy. Uh, it's $23 if I mail you a signed copy. But um, I think on Amazon, you can get an e-version for $2.99. And um, it's, uh, I think it's $16.49 on Amazon um, with, you know, tax and shipping and all that's going to be more. But anyway, um, uh, supposedly you can go anywhere, Barnes and Nobles, anywhere and order it. But I don't think it's um, known enough yet to be on the shelves. So, but it can be ordered. It can be ordered. Well, you guys all buy the book. So, because it's interesting, um, I'm going to buy it because I, well, 
I mean, those numbers were coming at me pretty fast and it was confusing. So I, I now I want to understand. I, I will say that I've written it so that, you know, a, can understand. a, a junior high level or maybe maybe a ninth grade level. It is simple. It's not that difficult. I'm almost, I'm almost there. I've got a couple more grades to go, but I'll, I'll get there. Uh, Donna, God bless you. Thank you so much for being here, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Donna Castor, everybody. Wow, that blew my mind. I was so interesting. So many interesting guests from all walks of life. Um, I love that. I also love her heart for the Lord. And, you know, I think she, where I relate to her the most is that, well, I, I probably, I don't know if this, it worked out this way, but for me, I, like the logical side of my brain needed to find my faith side of the brain and kind of meet. And actually it's like when I found the origins of the, you know, Jesus's first teachings and the way, and, you know, I started digging, um, you know, that that helped me a lot because I, in fact, it helped build my faith. And I know I speak out against the Catholic Church a lot and different, you know, sometimes, well, like I did today, the parts of the Bible. Um, but, you know, I, when I surrendered my life to Jesus, I had not really ever read the Bible and I didn't really understand it. Um, and I had so many questions about it, but I wanted to understand more. And I've always been kind of conspiracy minded where I just thought, you know, something wasn't right in this world. Something was off. But when my the conspiracy side of my brain, which, by the way, the conspiracy side of my brain is the truth, connected with Jesus, I, I was my faith became ironclad because I had the supernatural experience, which I'm confident that the Lord knew I was going to need. But then because that would make my, for me, when my faith was challenged, even in my rockiest days, which any believer, look, I don't know a single believer that that's honest anyway, that would not say that they've had those moments of, where are you, God? I need you. I'm, I, I, I'm waiting on you. Hello. I mean, we've had those moments. We have those moments where like, was this even real? Am I, is my faith real? Did I? Am I really saved? I mean, if you don't ask these questions, you're probably not trying hard enough. But when my brain, the intellectual side, the all of that connected with the faith side, there was this explosion because I wanted to know more and I wanted to know more about God. I wanted to know who Jesus, not, not only who Jesus was, but who he is. Because I do believe that you know, Christ is inside of me. Like Christ lives inside of me. I also believe that God lives inside of me. And, and I, we didn't get into the DNA conversation. it. Anyway, we're going to have to do that one again. But all I know is this. I have more questions than I have answers. And, but at the same time, my faith has never been stronger because God reveals himself in the most amazing ways. And for anyone out there that ever believes that, you know, like you, when you don't feel God or you don't know where God is and all of that stuff, the one way I know to get God to show up for you 
is to do something to stretch your faith. And if you can make a practice of stretching your faith every day, even if it's a little bit, a little bit of a stretch, you will see God do miracles in your life at a much more frequent pace. Now, miracles are not always, oh, I want $50 million. Ah! It's, not, it's not like that. I mean, I guess it could be. But I remember um, hearing T.D. Jake say this, which he has the ire of a lot of people that watch the show. Um, but I heard him say, you know, to focus on the things you do have and not what you don't. And like, in other words, have grateful for what you've been blessed with. Quit looking over there of all these other things. Look at what you have. And I have these moments all the time with God because I live with faith. But if you stretch your faith, you will see God work miracles in your life. You will see God show up. You will see God reveal yourself. And, and sometimes those blessings come from a new relationship, a new way of thinking, healing. Healing, ah, that's big. I think a lot of people are going through healing journeys right now that is just powerful. And those moments hurt you. They're painful. Especially, it's like learning the truth about someone else is one thing. It can be painful, but when you learn the truth about yourself and you have to look at yourself in the mirror and go, oh, maybe I was wrong there. It's painful, but you know what? It's a blessing, and that is a miracle. That's why seeking the Lord every day and developing that relationship is so important. So anyway. Uh, grateful for Donna. You guys check her out. Check out her book. Support her. And um, God bless you. Thank you for being here. Y'all have a see you next time.